This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi wa alhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa man ihtada bi hudahu wa ba'd. All praise is indeed due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of us and to grant us every form of goodness. And at the same time, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our offspring and to bless those members of the Muslim ummah, those who are suffering anywhere they are or wherever they are on this globe. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ease their suffering. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us goodness in the dunya as well as in the akhirah. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters, dearest listeners, there is one thing that every single one of us will go through. And that is something we will not be able to avoid. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan and He has created life and thereafter there is no ways but to go through that. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us ease. Mostly when people speak on the subject, then they frighten others and they frighten themselves. But the idea is not to frighten anyone. It is to inform, to educate, so that we can prepare ourselves for that day. The topic is death. The first thing we do is we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us an easy death. To grant us a good death. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our death a means of our entry into paradise. Because there is a very interesting point that we need to consider. We have just sat here, we have engaged in salah, in prayer, in taraweeh. And we have sat listening to the Quran, we have fasted all day. Where are we going to see the results of all this? Where are we going to see the benefit of all these actions and deeds of being good and abstaining from bad? How will we be able to see this? So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the understanding. We are told, Tuhfatul mu'minil mawtu. The gift of a believer is death. Allahu Akbar. It is only if I die that I will then be able to see the reward that is piled up for me. And it is only if you die that you will be able to then achieve the reward you, that has been piled up for you. But with us, we don't want to die and we still want the rewards. So you don't want to attend the prize giving, but you still want to receive the prize. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. A child who is going to receive a prize will make sure that he or she is at the school at the time. And the child will make sure that they happily go there. So with us, we should realize when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, really, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened the doors for us, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted us every form of goodness, then inshallah, we should make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the next step in full blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that is the step of death. Let us move into this topic by commencing with a verse from Suratul Mulk where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of why he has created death and life. He starts off by saying, الَّذِي خَلَقَ الْمَوْتَ وَالْحَيَاةَ لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا It is he who has created death and life in order to test you who from amongst you has better deeds. So that is the reason why we are living and that is the reason why we shall die. The test of who has better deeds. If someone wants to know why they are living, are living right now and why they are going to die, it is because Allah wants to test them if they have better deeds. So we ask Allah to grant us the best of deeds. Never ever has Allah spoken about quantity. He has always spoken about quality. So if you would like to do deeds, make sure that they are good deeds in the best quality. But ensure that they are not a massive amount of deeds which have no sincerity and the quality of them is unacceptable. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us protection. Then Allah says in Surah Ala Imran, as well as in Surah Al-Anbiya, as well as in Surah Al-Ankabut, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ 
Every soul shall taste death. I will taste it and you will taste it. Those before us have already tasted it. Those to come after us will also taste it after they have become alive. The next step is death. You can't live and then you have another birth and then a third birth and a fourth birth. No, you are born, the next step is death. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Then Allah tells us, look, you will never ever be able to run away from death. Death is something that is going to come to you. So the best option you have is to prepare for it. That's the best option. In fact, you have no other option. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah An-Nisa, أَيْنَمَا تَكُونُوا يُدْرِكُمُ الْمَوْتُ وَلَوْ كُنْتُمْ فِي بُرُوجٍ مُشَيَّدَةٍ No matter where you are, death shall come to you even if you are in the loftiest of towers. Some people think we don't want to die, so let's go up. So they start spiraling right up the building. Wallahi, the angel of death will get there as well. In fact, it might even become easier to take you away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Ahzab. More clear verses. قُلْ لَنْ يَنْفَعَكُمُ الْفِرَارُ إِنْ فَرَرْتُمْ مِنَ الْمَوْتِ أَوِ الْقَتْلِ وَإِذَا لَّا تُمَتَّعُونَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا Tell them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you will never ever be able to run away from death. Running away will never ever help you. No matter where you are, you will not be able to run away from your death. If you think you are going to run away for a short moment, then you should remember when the fixed time of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes, it will never ever be delayed. And that brings us to the very next verse in Surah Nuh. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ أَجَلَ اللَّهِ إِذَا جَاءَ لَا يُؤَخَّرُ Indeed, the fixed time of Allah, when it comes, it will not be delayed. When the fixed time of death for anyone comes, or when the expiry date of anything comes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says it will not be delayed. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah An-Nahl and in other places in the Qur'an, not only will it not be delayed, but you won't even be able to bring it forward. We were speaking about number 56 a few days ago, if you recall. And how some people make a dua that, Ya Allah, let this person die. I don't know if you recall what we said. The reality is we will never be able to bring someone's death closer than what Allah has decided. So those duas, we should stop making them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us happiness in the dunya as well as in the akhirah. Listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nahl. فَإِذَا جَاءَ أَجَلُهُمْ لَا يَسْتَأْخِرُونَ سَاعَةً وَلَا يَسْتَقْدِمُونَ Indeed, when their prescribed time comes, they will not be able to delay it by a moment, nor will they be able to bring it forward by a moment. Those verses we read tonight. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how a person does not die on their own accord. They die under the control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is Allah who decides that they will die in this particular way. And it is Allah who permits it and allows it. So when a person commits suicide, there is a question. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Did they change the decree of Allah and died quicker? The answer is no. They did not. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always knew that they were going to die in that particular way. But they will be held responsible for having taken their lives in that particular way because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not impose it on them to die in that particular way. Had He imposed it on any one of us, any of our deeds, if they were imposed on us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it would be unfair for Him to hold us accountable for something we have no choice about. The only question we are going to be asked on the day of Qiyamah rotates around the issue of choice. How did you use your choice? Where we gave it to you. So in fact, let's word it another way. Any question you will be asked on the day of judgment will be connected to how you utilized your choice whilst you were alive. There are no questions connected to any other subject. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. So your prayer, you had the choice. How did you use your choice? If someone killed you, you didn't have a choice in that regard, you won't be asked that question, that why did someone kill you? That person will be asked a question. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ala Imran, وَمَا كَانَ لِنَفْسٍ أَن تَمُوتَ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ كِتَابًا مُؤَجَّلًا It is not up to any soul to die. Anyone to decide they are going to die except by the permission of Allah, which is on a fixed time, a prescribed time. As we said, they won't be able to delay it nor to bring it forward. Another issue Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses in this Qur'an is when people wish to die. If you are wishing to die, to run away from your problems, then that is unacceptable in Islam. Because part and parcel of what made you a believer is to accept in good and bad faith and the fact that it comes from the Creator and that we will bear patience. But people want to die running away from their problems, that is unacceptable. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes Maryam alayha salam or Mary, may peace be upon her, the Virgin Mary, the mother of Jesus, may peace be upon him, Isa alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah describes her in the surah named after her, Mary, Maryam alayha salatu wasalam. And Allah says, قَالَتْ يَا لَيْتَنِي مِتُّ قَبْلَ هَذَا وَكُنْتُ She made a dua because she was pregnant. She was not married, she, did not, she was not touched by a male, but she was pregnant, she had to face the community. And she, she said to herself, I wish I was dead before this and long forgotten. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent assistance to her. And obviously she was guided and corrected. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all guidance and correct every single one of us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that if really a person, in fact addressing the people of the book, there are some of the people of the book who said that we are the ones whom Allah loves. We are Allah's chosen ones. So Allah says, if that is the case and you really think you are chosen by Allah, then why don't you wish that you die? Allahu Akbar. Who would wish that they died when they're sitting and enjoying the world? So Allah says, Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Jumu'ah, وَلَا يَتَمَنَّوْنَهُ أَبَدًا بِمَا قَدَّمَتْ أَيْدِيهِمْ They will never ever wish for death because they know their deeds are not good enough. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all protection. Now, if a person wants to make a dua and a prayer to say, Ya Allah, give me a good death, that's permissible, that is good, that is meritorious, that is requested and required. When a, if a person wants to make a dua to say, Ya Allah, keep me alive for as long as life is good for me, and take me away when you know it is best for me to die, then that is a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he used to make that dua. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us away when it is best for us to go. And we ask him to keep us living for as long as he knows life is good for us. Subhanallah. Ya Allah, take us away when you know it is best for us to go. Amin. It's difficult to say the Ameens. I know I don't ever hear a loud Ameen when we make a dua for death. But the reality is that is a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So it depends on why you are wishing to die or making a dua to die. If you are running away from your problems, it's not allowed. Another narration, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, مَنِ اسْتَطَاعَ أَنْ يَمُوتَ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ فَلْيَفْعَلْ Whoever is able and capable to pass away in Medina should then do so. Al-Madinatul Munawwara. That doesn't mean you go there and you kill yourself. No ways. Then there will be no room for you in Jannah. Because suicide is prohibited in the Sharia. But at the same time, when you are old and elderly, if you can shift there, you'd rather shift there. Sickly, you can shift there if you'd like. If you would die there, inshallah, it is more meritorious than dying anywhere else. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us forgiveness. So, that is if a person now makes a dua, Ya Allah, if you take me away, take me away in Madinatul Munawwara. That is a dua that is acceptable. You are not wishing to die right here, right now to run away from your problems, but you are asking for a blessed death. Let's move on. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't ever die except in the condition of Islam. Now that is strange. The way it's worded is strange. Let's listen to the verse. Allah says in Surah Al Imran, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu attaqullaha haqqa tuqatihi wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun. I think it is in Surah An Nisa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, be conscious of your Creator and do not die except in the condition of submission to your Creator. 
Now I don't control when I'm going to die and how I'm going to die. I don't know. So what does this verse means mean? It means live your entire life according to the rule of Allah and the law of your Creator. Find yourself submitting to Him at all times so that when you die, you will have died in the condition of submission. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the fact that no one knows when they are going to die besides Allah. No one knows where they are going to die besides Allah. Listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says at the end of Surah Luqman. He says, regarding the five issues of ghaib and the unseen, that nobody can claim to know. It's only Allah who knows. It is Allah who knows the hour. The end of time, Allah knows when it's going to be. No one else knows it. It is Allah who sends down rain. Where, when, how much, what is the content of that rain, whether it is ascetic rain or non-ascetic rain, whether it is beneficial or detrimental, how and exactly what force only Allah knows. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. People might predict to say, you know, it's going to rain here. It may or may not happen. People might say there's going to be good rain and then there'll be floods. People might say it's going to have, we're going to have a bumper harvest and then there is a drought. Only Allah knows. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows exactly what spot of the ground each droplet of H2O is going to arrive. Subhanallah. So nobody can say, no, you know, nowadays we know when it's going to rain. You will never ever be able to have any meter or any sort of calculation to tell you as a droplet is falling exactly which square millimeter it's going to drop on. Besides Allah, He is the only one who knows that. Subhana Rabbi Al-A'la. وَيَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ Allah alone knows what is in the wombs of the mothers, of those who are giving birth. What is in their wombs, only Allah knows. Now some people think, you know, you have an ultrasonic scan, and you can see it's male, female. Nowadays you can tell the color of eyes, you can tell quite a lot of things, you can tell so many things. So they say, look at the verse of the Quran, only Allah is supposed to know. But here we can all find out now. That is a very shallow mind. You tell me Allah has already written when the person is in the womb of their mother, whether they are going to be good luck or bad luck, good fortune, bad fortune, bring your machines and let's try and check. Allahu Akbar. You won't be able to tell that. The exact moment of birth, you won't be able to tell. When the person is going to die is already written. You tell us, bring your machine and tell us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Also that amnion fluid within the womb, within the, the uterus, you tell us the exact chemical combination of it without testing it. Let's talk. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. Another interpretation of it also is, without checking, without looking, you tell us what it is. After you've looked, you might be able to tell. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. So it's a very deep meaning. It, that is why Allah said, يَعْلَمُ مَا فِي الْأَرْحَامِ He knows what is in the womb. He didn't say he knows who is in the womb. If he said who, it would be referring to male or female. Man in the Arabic language refers to male or female. But ma refers to what? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا تَدْرِينَ No soul knows what it is going to earn tomorrow. You don't know. Today you are working, tomorrow you might be fired. Today you are working, tomorrow you, you might not get your salary. Today you did a deal, tomorrow you might suffer a loss. You never ever know what you are going to earn tomorrow. You might have a rough idea. Whether it happens or not is all in the hands of only the divine creator. Allahu Akbar. And the last portion is the reason why we mention this verse. Allah says, وَمَا no soul knows on which land it is going to die. Which piece of land it will it will have its soul removed from its body. Allahu Akbar. No one knows where they will die. And this is why the hadith says, when Allah has written your death in a far off land, He creates a reason for you to travel there. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. You, you going there thinking you're going to strike your business deal, not realizing Allah wrote your death in China. May Allah protect us all. And as Muslims, let me inform you of the Islamic ruling. As far as possible, get buried in the nearest Muslim graveyard. Subhanallah. As far as possible, get buried as soon as possible. As far as possible, in the nearest Muslim graveyard. It is against the respect of a human body. 
to transport it from one place to another. Do you know that if you want to transport a body from one country to another, international law requires you to embalm the body. Embalming requires you to remove the body and replace it with some other alcoholic fluid. And if you remove the blood and the blood stays in China and the rest of the body came to South Africa, what have you done? You've kept part of the body and its parts in China and you've brought another part here. Why did you separate the body into two? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding and may He grant us forgiveness. That is why if you died in China, Allah wanted you to be buried there. Don't worry about your family and your this and your relatives. Another issue. When a person passes away, they should not wait for all their relatives to come before they are buried. Now, the way I'm wording it is, they themselves shouldn't wait. The reality is, before you die, write it in your will to say, if I die, bury me as soon as possible. Yes, if it is a one or two hour difference, no problem. But more than four or five hours, please don't wait for people who are flying down from Johannesburg and flying down from New York and Paris. Because as Muslims, it is against the respect of your body to keep it outside. Its functions are over, it needs to go back into the soil. And this brings us to the next angle Allah has looked at this particular topic from. In Surah Taha, Allah says, you are from soil, you will be returned to soil, and you will be resurrected back from that same soil. مِنْهَا خَلَقْنَاكُمْ وَفِيهَا نُعِيدُكُمْ وَمِنْهَا نُخْرِجُكُمْ تَارَةً أُخْرَى Definitely, you have been created from soil, you will be returned to the soil. And it's our duty to return the deceased as soon as possible to the soil. They need to start getting there, decompose inside, not outside. Sometimes you keep a body for long, it begins to create a stench. May Allah protect us. People will know that you died after you smelt very bad. Or you were buried, sorry. After you smelt very bad. Why should that happen to us? Get buried as soon as possible. Another thing, if the body is mutilated beyond recognition, either due to an accident or due to some other reason, may Allah protect us and keep us intact, it is best not to even display that body to the closest relatives. Sometimes the ulama can issue a decree to say, do not show this person to even his own family members. Because the face might be in three or four pieces, may Allah never do that to us. But if it does happen, it's one of those things. It is not incumbent or farad to see the face. You'd rather go... Having remembered someone, or you'd rather go having remembered them with the last image you had of them, than to have this image that will keep on coming back to your head every time you think of that person. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. The time of death is a very emotional time. People need guidance. And this guidance is something important. Another issue that is very important that we need to speak about. When a person dies, it is their right to be bathed in their own homes. If they have a house where they can be bathed. But if you have a public facility where to bathe an individual, we are talking about the bath that we bath. It is known as the ghusl of the mayyit, of the dead person. If you don't have the facility, the public facility is there for those who do not have their facility or cannot manage at their houses. Another thing is, when they are being bathed, it is wrong for more than the minimum number of people to stand around. They must be the closest relatives of the same sex who will be standing around and very, very few, the minimum required. The rest of them must go outside. It is against the respect of an individual to stand around them and wait and witness how they are being washed. That is against their respect. I would not like it to happen to me and none of you would like it to happen to you where the whole community is standing and watching how you are being bathed. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So this is something we need to know when it comes to death. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us, that do you know there is a chance and a possibility that death might be a whisker away from you, yet you don't know. This verse appears in different wording throughout the Qur'an. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raf, And definitely, there is a possibility that their death or their expiry time is very, very close. Allahu Akbar, the lesson is for all of us. It's also close for me and for you. No matter how we look at it, when death comes, it comes suddenly. Death comes suddenly. The only people who know they are going to die are those who might have a terminal illness, but then again, they don't know exactly when they are going to die. They could live for another 15, 20 years and they could die in one day. Sometimes the doctors have told people you have 24 hours to live, 24 years later they are still greeting you and shaking your hand and they are alive. It can happen. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Then sometimes the doctors can tell you your lungs are like a horse and you are as fit as a fiddle. And as you walk out in the same way that a fiddle dies, you also die. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is why when a person has a terminal illness, it is a gift from Allah in one way. When a person has AIDS or a person is HIV positive, they have a far greater chance of getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala before they die than a person who has no health problem at all, who might die suddenly. Because a person who dies suddenly, they could be dying in the transgression of Allah, may Allah not do that to us. Whereas when a person has cancer, may Allah protect us and grant us shifa. When a person has HIV, may Allah grant us the ability to respect such people, because if they repent, believe me, they are closer to Allah than myself and yourselves. Their levels of sincerity are far greater than me and you. And even if they have sinned once, subhanallah, even twice, even ten times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still has the same rule for them that He has for us. And I told you their levels of sincerity are far greater. Another thing, when a person has AIDS or HIV, it does not necessarily mean that they sinned. They could have contracted it by other means. So you don't look down upon those people. They might be in Jannah before myself and yourselves. Subhanallah. Because there are some whom I even know of, who are so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are in the masajid day and night waiting for their term of expiry. Whereas with us, we are walking around on the streets without even thinking of death most of the time. Death is on their minds all the time. Death, really, when a person is conscious of death, there is a greater chance that they are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when a person is conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are always conscious of death. And this is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of as well. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, and this is what I was mentioning moments ago, that tawbah and turning to Allah is not for the one who continues sinning until the point of his death. Allah says, I will send you signs. I will send you reminders to turn. If you don't turn, you will not be forgiven. If you are from amongst those who are waiting for the time of death to come, and then when death comes, you suddenly say, Ya Allah, forgive me. Allah says, there's no room for you, no chance for you. وَلَيْسَتِ التَّوْبَةُ لِلَّذِينَ يَعْمَلُونَ السَّيِّئَاتِ حَتَّى إِذَا حَضَرَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتُ قَالَ إِنِّي تُبْتُ الْآنِ وَلَا الَّذِينَ يَمُوتُونَ وَهُمْ كُفَّارُ أُولَئِكَ أَعْتَدْنَا لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا Allah says tawbah is not for those who continue committing sin until when death comes to them, they say, oh, now I'm turning to Allah, now I'm turning to Allah. That's what Fir'aun did. And Allah told Fir'aun, look, it's too late. When Fir'aun says, I now accept the Rabb of Musa and Harun, Allah says, Is it now that you want to turn? When you were corrupt for so long, Allahu Akbar, and you were transgressing for so long, now when death is coming to you, now you want to turn, Allah says no. Sorry, there's no chance for you. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us death in a, in a condition where He is pleased with us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that death comes to anyone at any time. It is Allah's supreme and sole choice. When you are going to die, when He takes people away, He says, some I take them away very young. Some I take them away middle age. Some I allow them to become old and sometimes even slightly dependent on others physically. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, really. So Allah says, and this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of in more than one place, we will speak about Surah Al-Hajj. Allah says, Some of you, Allah takes you away early. Whereas some of you, Allah allows you to get to that old weak age. Subhanallah, that is the decree of Allah and it is Allah's choice alone. So none of us knows when we are going to go. And that is a gift of Allah to keep us on the straight path. Because believe me, think for a moment, if I knew my date of death, and if you knew your exact date of death, what would happen? We would then sin right up to that time. 
Then about 15 minutes before that, we quickly make wudu, read salah, and we want to die in sujood. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. That's our weakness. I hope myself and yourselves are not from amongst those. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us, really, as a point of mercy, that He has kept this away. There was once a king, a very, very fat king, extremely huge, obese. And this king, they tried all sorts of medicine for him. And nobody could come up with the right medication. He says, whoever comes up with medication to make me thin, I will grant him so much of my kingdom. And they tried and tried for a long time. And he was obese, he did not lose weight. So one sharp, intelligent man came and told him, why are you wasting your time trying to become thin? You've only got six months to live. That man says, what? He says, yes, I am telling you, you are dying on this day at this time. And I am going away. So the man was gone. Now the king was so worried, he stopped eating, he stopped talking, he was depressed. And what happened? He started losing 4 kilos, 5 kilos a day, 2 kilos, 3 kilos. 6 months came, he was only 50 kgs. <laughs> By that time he had given his whole kingdom away. Then came the man. The time came, it went. He still didn't die. He says, what went wrong? Where's that man? Call him, bring him. Let's see him, where is he? And he sent his men across the land to hunt for that man. The man was brought forth. And the man was shackled as though he was a criminal. He says, King, why are you considering me a criminal? I did you a favor. You wanted to lose weight. You lost your weight. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. He says, now I don't even need part of your kingdom. I was just showing you that I'm doing you a favor. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, really, it is a favor of Allah that He did not tell us when we are going to die. Otherwise, every one of us would probably weigh 10 kilos by the time that day came. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that there are some people who will regret. Why? Because they didn't live their lives properly. When death comes to them, it will catch them offside. Basically, if we use that word, and I'm sure you know what that means, when you are offside, you are caught on, you know, you are caught really on the wrong side. You are caught doing the wrong thing. You are caught unawares. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. And may Allah never do that to us. Really, we need to turn to Allah. We spoke about mercy. And now we're speaking about death. Because really, that if we spoke about death first, I think people would feel so difficult that they probably wouldn't want to hear the rest of the messages. But we need to understand, there is the mercy of Allah. Allah is very merciful. And death is actually a favor to us. Because that is how we are going to get to whatever we've been promised. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala resurrect us with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this verse is in Surah Al-Mu'minun. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَ أَحَدَهُمُ الْمَوْتُ قَالَ رَبِّ رُجِعُونِ لَعَلِّي أَعْمَلُ صَالِحًا فِيمَا تَرَكْتُ كَلَّا We've repeated this verse before. Allah says when the oppressors, when death comes to them, they will say, Oh Allah, send us back to the earth quickly. We want to do good deeds. We want to quickly do good deeds. No, you just took us a little bit too quick. You know, you didn't give us any notice, no warning. Wallahi, this is not a rented property where you need to give someone notice. Allahu Akbar. This is actually something that Allah has decided to keep. And Allah says, don't be caught unaware. Death can come to you now. It can come to you at any time. Allahu Akbar. So we don't want to be from amongst those who are caught in that particular way. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Ibrahim about warning the people. Allah says regarding the oppressors again, that when death comes to them or the punishment comes to them, they will say, Oh Allah, send us back, Ya Allah. We want to go back. Allah says, weren't you people from amongst those who were swearing oaths that we won't die? Now when death has come to you, why are you so concerned? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all protection. Then Allah tells us that death has pangs, known as sakarat in the Arabic language. And Allah says in Surah Qaf, وَجَاءَتْ سَكْرَةُ الْمَوْتِ بِالْحَقِّ Allahu Akbar. The pangs of death came or come with the truth. 
Meaning at that point you definitely know everything that is all the truth. Those who belied, they now know, know it was the truth. Those who thought that Allah did not exist, now they know, know He existed. Allah says, those are the pangs of death. When they come, they will come according to the individual. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about that. In fact, in Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Allah describes how the soul gets to the throat. Allah says, فَلَوْلَا إِذَا بَلَغَتِ الْحُلْقُومِ وَأَنْتُمْ تَنْظُرُونَ وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْكُمْ وَلَكِنْ لَا تُبْصِرُونَ Allah says that when the soul gets to the throat, subhanallah, he, just, he is describing that in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. And at that time, you will be able to see clearly the reality. Even the unseen will become seen to you. Subhanallah. Allah says, we are closer to you than you are to yourself. But you don't realize that. Subhanallah. We are closer to you than you are to yourself. But you don't realize that. I think I'm very close to myself. Allah is even closer. That is Allah. The creator. The one who made me and who made you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then describes, I told you moments ago, depending on how you are, so your soul shall be removed. Those who were evil, listen to what Allah says in Surah Al-Anfal. وَلَوْ تَرَىٰ إِذْ يَتَوَفَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَضْرِبُونَ وُجُوهَهُمْ وَأَدَبَارَهُمْ Allahu Akbar. Allah says, look at those who belied. When the angel of death comes to them, when their soul is being taken out, they will suffer and suffocate. They will be hitting their faces and their backs. And they will be tossing and turning. And they will be literally like chickens that are, that are dancing because of their death. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. Imagine kicking right to the end. Allah says, those are the evil people. We will grant them a very bad death. And this is why the word halak is used when it comes to oppressors in a lot of places in the Qur'an. Because let me inform you, in the same way there are certain respectful terms to refer to death. And certain, not derogatory, but hard terms to refer to death. If you say, so and so passed away, it is more respectful than to say so and so died. When you say, someone died, it's true. But if you want to use a more respectful term, you can say so and so passed away. And if you say so and so was killed, that refers to the fact that someone murdered them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all a good death inshallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the term halak when it comes to the oppressors. And Allah says, وَلَقَدْ أَهْلَكْنَا الْقُرُونَ مِن قَبْلِكُمْ لَمَّا ظَلَمُوا Indeed, we have destroyed those nations before when they were oppressors. We destroyed them. So the term destruction is also used. So listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says. حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَتْهُمْ رُسُلُنَا يَتَوَفَّوْنَهُمْ قَالُوا قَالُوا أَيْنَ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَدْعُونَ مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ When the angels of death come to those who used to associate partners with Allah, they will tell them at that point, Hey, we are taking your soul away. Now where are those people who were going to help you besides Allah? Bring them here. Let's see where they are. Allahu Akbar. And this person will have no answer. Allah says, at the point of death, a person who used to associate any form of partnership with Allah will already know that that was wrong. Because he will be asked a question. Allah has placed a standing command to the angels that when you are taking the ruh and the soul away from such an individual who used to associate partners with Allah, ask them a question. Where are those now? We are taking your soul away. It's between you and Allah. No one is involved here. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection and understanding. The verses of the Quran are very, very clear for those who have ears and those who have a soul to listen. Those who have a heart, those who have a mind. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who take heed. Now let's listen to a good person and how their soul will be removed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nahl, we read the verses tonight. الَّذِينَ تَتَوَفَّاهُمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ طَيِّبِينَ يَقُولُونَ سَلَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ The first thing, 
Salamun alaykum. They greet you with assalamu alaykum. May peace be upon you. The angel is coming to take your soul away. He is greeting you with may peace be upon you. That's it. You can die smiling. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those. Immediately they will tell you as they are taking your soul away. You will be entering paradise. Subhanallah. Allahu Akbar. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when his soul was taken, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instructed that that happened, the angels had shown him his place in Jannah, and he made a dua to say, Allahumma fir rafiq al-a'la. Allahu Akbar. Oh Allah, take me to the lofty, to the company of the high, the very high, the place that I have been shown, Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the intercession of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the first one who will enter Jannah. He is the first one who will be resurrected completely. He is the first one and he will be, he will be the leader on the day of Qiyamah with the biggest ummah. Allahu Akbar. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us Really, he will be the only creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will be concerned about others. He will be the only creature of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who will be concerned about others. Whereas everybody else, even the other messengers, will all be worried about themselves. Firstly, to begin with, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us mercy on that day. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the those who are good, their soul is removed. It is reported in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when a good person's soul is taken away, it is like a hair being removed from their throat. And I'm sure that is very, very simple. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the best and easiest death. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the fact that He has instructed some angels to do the job of taking out souls. Amazing. You know, if you read the books of Tafsir, I'm sure we've all heard the term Malakul Maut, which means the angels of death. We've heard that term. Why didn't Allah do it Himself? Some of the Mufassirin say, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dictated that He doesn't do it. He hands the task to an angel to do. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. You know, when there is lashing to do, if the king lashes himself, I'm sure he'll have a bad name. Allahu Akbar. Obviously that example doesn't fit with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it brings it closer to our minds to say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't want anyone to blame him, to say, why did I die or why did this person die? It is Allah's supreme decision, and Allah alone decides that. This is why we believe in good and bad fate. And another very interesting point we need to know, myself and yourselves. Remember, You will either die before those around you, or some of those around you will die before you, or the lot of you will die together. But those whom you love the most, they are going to die at some stage, either before you or after you. So if you have a husband, he is going. And if you have a wife, she is going. Or the two of you might go together. Prepare yourself for that day. Prepare yourself for that day mentally, physically. If you think about it, it's quite natural to think of the day you're going to go. If you talk about it, it's quite natural. Don't become depressed about it. Rather prepare for it positively to say, I want to meet my creator the day I die. Let me do some good deeds. Ya Allah, when I give a sadaqah out to a street kid, for example, a little charity, I need to bear in mind the day I'm going to die. Allah will make easy for us that day, inshallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how nobody besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives life and death. No one. And listen to what Allah says in Surah Al-Furqan regarding those who have associated others as partners with Allah. Allah says, وَاتَّخَذُوا مِن وَهُمْ يُخْلَقُونَ وَلَا يَمْلِكُونَ لِأَنفُسِهِمْ ضَرًّا وَلَا نَفْعًا وَلَا يَمْلِكُونَ مَوْتًا وَلَا حَيَاةً وَلَا نُشُورًا Allah says they have taken as partners besides Allah. They have taken others as partners besides Allah who own no harm, no any benefit, nor do they own death, nor do they own the giving of life, nor do they own the resurrection. Allah says, how can anyone worship anything besides the Creator Himself? As Muslims, we don't take risks. 
We worship the one we are going to return to and that's it. We worship the one, the giver of the life we have and that's it. Whoever gave me this life, he deserves my entire dedication of my whole life. No one else deserves it and that is the supreme creator, the worshipped one, Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. We neither worship a messenger, nor do we worship a saint, nor do we worship a book, nor do we worship a tree, nor do we worship a grave. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who worship Him alone. We are not allowed as Muslims to render any act of worship to any creature of the Creator. There is a vast difference between the Creator and the created. And it is important we realize it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not spoken for nothing in the Quran when he warns us of saying that the association of partnership with Allah is the biggest crime and it is also one of the most common crimes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then describes how a person who dies in his death has a very easy death. And Allah describes sleep, sorry, a person who dies in his sleep a person who dies in his sleep has a very easy death. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes sleep as a small death, a minor death. Listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Zumar. He says, Allah takes away the souls at the time of death. That's one clearly understood. And those whom death has not written upon, has not been written upon yet, Allah says, we take the soul away at the time of their sleep. The soul is hovering now just above the body. How exactly it happens, I don't know, we don't know, and we won't know. It's Allah who knows. But we've, know, we've known the verse and we believe in it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, فَيُمْسِكُ الَّتِي قَضَى عَلَيْهَا الْمَوْتَ وَيُرْسِلُ الْأُخْرَى إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى Anyone who is sleeping, the soul is already out. If we have decreed their death in their sleep, we keep the soul. We don't return it to the body in the morning or whenever they want to get up. And if life has still been written for them, we return the soul to the body so that they can get up until a fixed time when we will ultimately then take that soul away. And this is why when a person dies in their sleep, it's a very easy, comfortable death. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us a good death, whether it is in sleep or whether it is not in sleep, for as long as Allah is pleased with us, that is what counts. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be pleased with us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how some people have been doubting Death. Some people think death will not come to them. Some people think that there is no creator. Some people think that there is no Jannah and Jahannam, heaven and hell. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about this in Surah Al-Hajj. And Allah says this doubt is very dangerous. وَلَا يَزَالُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فِي مِرْيَةٍ مِّنْهُ حَتَّى تَأْتِيَهُمُ السَّاعَةُ بَغْتَةً أَوْ يَأْتِيَهُمْ عَذَابُ يَوْمٍ عَقِيمٌ Allah says there are disbelievers who disbelieve. In Allah, who does believe in His Messenger, who does believe in death, who does believe in absolutely everything. Until that same death comes to them, then they will know. And until the punishment comes to them, then they will know. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never to punish us. We are from amongst those who believe with full conviction that not only are we going to die, but we are going to return to our, we are going to be returned to our own Creator. The giver of this life shall ultimately take it away. And we are pleased with that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then also speaks about how it is important for us to take lesson from those who passed away in the past. And Allah is telling us that don't let it deceive you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah Maryam at the end, وَكَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنْ قَرْنِ How many generations have we destroyed and caused to die before you? هَلْ تُحِسُّ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ أَحَدَ Do you feel any one of them? Do you feel any one of them? Or do you even hear a slight sound or hiss coming from them? No sound, nothing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, They were stronger than you, they were more powerful than you, we still took them away. So no matter how powerful you are, how much wealth you, are, and you have and how strong you think you are, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us to say, He is going to take us away. Then Allah says, if He had to punish us because of the oppression that we are engaged in and because of our sins, He would have killed us a long time ago. Allah says, man is so ungrateful. 
so ungrateful. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us respite. And He gives us time lest we turn. So that we turn. He gives us time so that we turn to Him. Allahu Akbar. Allah says, وَلَوْ يُؤَاخِذُ اللَّهُ النَّاسَ بِظُلْمِهِمْ If Allah had to punish the people immediately for their oppression and for their sins, مَا تَرَكَ عَلَيْهَا مِن دَابَّةِ The anger of Allah would dictate that nothing moving would remain on the earth. Allahu Akbar. If Allah's anger overtook us, nothing moving would remain on this earth. Everything would be destroyed. But Allah says, وَلَكِنْ يُؤَخِّرُهُمْ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى It is Allah's mercy that dictates to give them respite up to a certain time. May Allah make us from those who take heed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about resurrection. A powerful point. Every time the reign of mercy is mentioned in the Qur'an and how the barren land or the land that is dry becomes alive and roars back into life with greenery after the water fell on it, Allah says, He mentions the issue of resurrection and the fact that He is going to also resurrect us in a similar way. If Allah can give life to the dead earth and roar it back to life after it was gone by water, then Allah can roar us back to life after we have been decomposed into the soil as well. And every time the reign of mercy is mentioned in the Quran, there is a statement somewhere near that verse which is which includes the issue of resurrection. Let's take a look. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Rum, فَانظُرْ إِلَىٰ آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ كَيْفَ يُحْيِي الْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا إِنَّ ذَلِكَ لَمُحْيِي الْمَوْتَىٰ وَهُوَ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Look at the signs of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when He causes the greenery to grow on that earth that was dry. Allah says, there is the same Creator who is going to resurrect you in a similar way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. Now a very powerful point. Allah says that we need to make dua. And I think this verse or these type of verses are repeating themselves almost every night. Allah says we need to make dua that we die as Muslims. We need to make dua that we die as mu'mins. رَبَّنَا أَفْرِغْ عَلَيْنَا صَبْرًا مُسْلِمِينَ Oh Allah, pour on us patience. Make us very patient people. And cause our death in the condition of submission. We need to make that dua. Because I don't know when I'm going to die, nor do you. We need to ask Allah, Ya Allah, the day you take us away, take us away with iman, with belief, with Islam, with submission, with your pleasure. Allahu Akbar. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the prayer for death is extremely important. But for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was given a list of hypocrites in the community. In his presence, they were hypocrites. And Allah gave him a list of these people and Allah says to him, in Surah At-Tawbah, وَلَا تُصَلِّ عَلَىٰ أَحَدٍ مِّنْهُمْ مَاتَ أَبَدًا وَلَا تَقُمْ عَلَىٰ قَبْرِهِ Don't ever read Salatul Janazah for any one of them. And don't ever go and stand to make a prayer for them at their graveside. Don't ever do that, Allah says. So the hypocrites, the Prophet ﷺ was conveniently not there. May Allah protect us. If you take a look at the death of the hypocrites, they died in the absence of the Prophet ﷺ, or they died and they were, they were buried by others. The Prophet ﷺ himself was not there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. However, this verse makes mention of dua for the deceased. And it is important that we also make dua for the deceased. In one narration, the Prophet ﷺ, after burying a certain person, said, أُدْعُوا لِأَخِيكُمْ فَإِنَّهُ الْآنَ يُسْأَلْ Make a dua or make a prayer for your brother for definitely now he is being questioned by the angels. So they made a dua, individual duas for that particular individual. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us also the goodness, inshaAllah, in the grave as well as after the grave. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about visiting the graves. And Allah says that do you know what has distracted you? The competition in amassing this worldly material items. 
Allah says, it has distracted you. But until you visit the graveyard, if you visit the graveyard seriously, you will then realize that it's not all about competition in amassing wealth. أَلْهَاكُمُ التَّكَاثُرُ Allah says it has distracted you trying to collect all these worldly material items. That has distracted you from death. When you're in your business and you're earning money, thousand rands, two thousand, five thousand, one hundred, two hundred, you get so excited you forget you're going to die. Allah says you must visit the graveyard regularly so that you can remember death. And obviously this ruling is for the males of this ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all an understanding. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about a wife. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the fact that when a person passes away, this verse is in Surah Al-Baqarah, then his wife needs to spend a waiting period or an idda period for four months and ten days. So that angle is also mentioned when Allah speaks about death. That when you die and your wife is becomes a widow, obviously, the widow shall remain within the confines of her greater home for a period of four months and ten days, that is a decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for them. And there are many, many benefits of that. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us an understanding. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the condition of a martyr. The martyr who dies in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is prohibited for us to say that this person is dead. The word dead shouldn't be used. They might have died for all practical purposes between me and you with the rulings of this dunya. That is why we actually bury them. Because if they did not die, we wouldn't have buried them. When it comes to the Prophet ﷺ, if he did not pass away, he would not have been buried. They would not have read Salatul Janazah upon him. But to say that this person is dead is disrespect. Allah says, وَلَا تَحْسَبَنَّ الَّذِينَ قُتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتًا بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ يُرْزَقُونَ Don't think that those who have passed away, who have been martyred in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, are dead. They are indeed alive with Allah and being sustained by the Creator Himself. So how exactly they are sustained, we don't know. How exactly they are alive, we don't have the details. All we do know is that for purposes of this dunya, they had passed away and we buried them. We made a salah for them. And they were buried and they are in their graves. But with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, their souls are alive. And in the case of the anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam, their bodies are fresher than mine and yours. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in one narration through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's lips, إِنَّ اللَّهَ حَرَّمَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ أَن تَأْكُلَ أَجْسَادَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ Allah has prohibited the earth from even touching the bodies of the prophets. They are not allowed to be touched by the earth. So that is why they will not decompose. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. The earth is too lowly to devour the bodies of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. This is why we need to realize when we believe, we believe what the Qur'an says. We accept the verse. We don't need to go into details. If the Qur'an has not provided those details, we leave that to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We say we believe in it, we understand the verse, but the details of it only Allah knows. Don't even want to know, because that is called belief in the unseen. When you don't know and you still believe, it is greater than when you keep on adding your own details from your pocket. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us protection. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about another extremely important point, And this is the second last point we are going to mention for this evening. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the fact that sometimes He has given the power to some of His creatures to give life to the dead. Jesus, may peace be upon Him, could give life to the dead. That's what the Quran says. By the power of the Creator Himself. Not on His own. In the sense that people perceived it to be Him giving life to the dead. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says... He has mentioned this, it is only through the power of Allah that he was able to give life to the dead. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the gifts bestowed upon Jesus, the son of Mary. May Allah's peace be upon him. Allah says, do you remember? We granted you the ability to give life to the dead. After someone died completely, he could go there and resurrect them, bring them back to life by the power of Allah, by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this verse is repeated several times in the Qur'an in Surah Al-Imran as well as in Surah Al-Ma'idah. And the last point we'd like to mention for tonight 
There is only one supreme deity that does not die and will not taste the end. One supreme deity. Everything else shall be destroyed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what is it that will remain? Allah alone. Subhanallah. كُلُّ شَيْءٍ هَالِكٌ إِلَّا لَهُ الْحُكْمُ وَإِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ Everything will taste death besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in Surah Al-Furqan, وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى الْحَيِّ الَّذِي لَا يَمُوتِ Lay your trust in the one who is alive forever and will never ever die. So when we are worshipping Allah, we say, O oh you who is alive and who never dies. One of the qualities of the Creator. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us a good death. And we ask Him to make us conscious of death. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. And we ask Him the return to Him before it is too late in terms of goodness. And we ask Him to make us from those who do good deeds. As we die and before we die, Allahumma ja'al khayra ayyamina awakhiraha wa khayra a'malina khawatimaha. Oh Allah, make the best of our days the last of our days and make the best of our deeds the deeds towards the end. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdih. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.